What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, everybody, we've got a great show for you tonight. Anthony DeMarco is back for our weekly segment called The Current State of WWE. So we talk about Naomi and Sasha, of course, the Usos and RK Bro and the tag team title unification, Stephanie McMahon stepping away from WWE and much more. Let's get everything started right after this. Are you looking for some relief or just need relief at the end of the day, but CBD just isn't cutting it? Try Delta 8 THC, CBD's older brother that actually works and makes you feel relaxed. Delta Munchies is revolutionizing the way you consume cannabis by skipping the dispensary and shipping straight to your door. Derived from 100% American-made hemp, and they come in a variety of products ranging from vapes, delicious gummies, tinctures, and more. So skip the line and find relief with Delta Munchies. Head to deltamunchies.com, that's deltamunchies.com, and use the code WWE20 for 20% off your order, guys. Head on over to deltamunchies.com and get 20% off your order by putting in the code WWE20, WWE20. You got to check out the Mentality Show. If you could be a fly on the wall and could hear how men think and really want to hear what goes on in the minds of everyday men, 
then you should check out The Mentality Show every Wednesday at 6 p.m. on YouTube and Facebook Live. Real men, real talk. The Mentality Show. You can find them anywhere you stream podcasts and YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Just look up The Mentality Show. This is WWE superstar Drew McIntyre, and you're listening to the WWE Podcast. One that everybody wants me. You're gonna acknowledge me. Welcome to the WWE Podcast, everybody. This is Monday, May 23rd, 2022. Anthony DeMarco is with me tonight in just one minute. As we talk about the current state of WWE in about 30, 40 minutes of a conversation, as, as always, I mean, I can talk to talk to Anthony for hours, but uh, as time restrictions are upon us, we we crank out the best that we can every single Monday night with a 30 to 40 minute show and give you just some big updates on uh, our thoughts regarding the big stories of WWE. We're not going to discuss the 24-7 title, most likely, right? Like, it's the big stuff. But uh, with the minimum amount of time we have, we cover the most that we can. And I think you're going to enjoy this show with Anthony and myself as we discuss everything this week in WWE, at least for the uh, limited time that we do have. Now, if you haven't heard our real week in review that I did last night with Mark, Memphis Mark, I would really encourage you to go listen to that. It was about an hour and a half conversation as we went into much more depth and he had told some great stories and it was it was a really good conversation and we will have him back on the show as well. And we're going to have new co-hosts coming up in the next couple of weeks as uh, patrons flood in. And uh, if you get the $10 tier and higher, that's what one of the perks is, is it qualifies you to come on the show and co-host the show with me raw you can do the week in review or whatever and that that is uh one of the perks of going into patreon as well as ad free right i mean everybody loves the ad free content because you don't have to worry about anything you just hit play and sit back and enjoy and that is one of the other benefits that is on patreon patreon.com slash wwe podcast now before we get going i would like to let you guys know about a brand new podcast and not a sponsor of the show but a avid listener and great voice from a female demographic to talk about wrestling not only there's enough female voices in wrestling and i mean of course we've got ashley who does her kick ash podcast but we have grace you guys have heard her before on the show a time or two grace has started her own podcast and i want to be able to help her out as much as i can and if you guys want to hit that subscribe button for grace her podcast is called evolutionary wrestling podcast that's evolutionary wrestling podcast go give it a listen on apple Podcasts or spotify just hit the subscribe button there's no better time to do that and be able to just kind of change it up cleanse your palate from all the the uh, man's perspective of wrestling and get a female's perspective. I think you're going to enjoy it. And not just because she's a female, but she's well-spoken and a passionate fan of wrestling. Most importantly. So go check out the evolutionary wrestling podcast done by grace. I think you'll enjoy it. So, all right, everybody. Well, you guys know where to go ad free here. Apple podcast, our website, go VIP and really everywhere. I mean, anywhere there's a podcast available for wrestling. We're there. That's all. And I'll, I'll leave it at that. Tomorrow, I'll be back with the Monday Night Raw review. Wednesday is your mailbag. And then uh, that's it for me for the week. So thanks, everybody, for listening. And I hope you enjoy this one. Take care. I'll talk to you next time.
It's Monday night, and that means it's time for your current state of WWE with Anthony DeMarco. We are here to talk about, well, the current state of WWE, and there is no shortage of things to talk about that happened, that, that's been happening in front of and behind the scenes. And uh, before we jump into it, Anthony, how you doing, man? Not bad, buddy. I'm looking forward to doing this tonight, and uh, I'd just like to congratulate you that you got your wish, Unified Tag Team Champions at long last. You must be happy about that. Eh? I love it. I love it, and I know that a lot of people are angry that RK-Bro did not win, and I mean, I'll, I'll start there because that, I mean, we'll get to Sasha and Naomi because that, that'll be the second topic because I really want to pick your brain on Sasha and Naomi, um, and you know, I know we talk about Roman a lot, but with RK-Bro and the Usos, Finally having their unification match after what seems like a two-month build, they do pay it off, and I'm surprised that they did. I, I mentioned on a week in review last night that I, I really thought that they were going to do some some kind of crazy finish where Roman does interfere, and he did, but rather cause a DQ, which sets up the match really to finish at Hell in a Cell. Now, that doesn't mean that these two teams can't have a rematch, and I think RK-Bro will get the rematch at Hell in a Cell, but we got an actual finish, and we have Unified Tag Team Champions. So what do you think about the Usos now being the Unified Champions, Unified Tag Team Champions in WWE? Well, look, full disclosure, I actually prefer when there's tag teams on each show, like tag team champions on each show. And I think that's just me being subjective because I grew up in the Ruthless Aggression era, where at the time it was actually World Tag, world tag Team Champions and WWE Tag Team Champions. The tag titles were not exclusive to the brands. But I also realized that given the current storyline in WWE with it focused so much around the bloodline, it made a lot of sense to kind of solidify the Usos as the best tag team right now. And to be honest, as much as I like RK-Bro, they've been together for, what, now six months? It made sense for the Usos to win this, especially when you consider what's going on with Roman Reigns. And if you go back a decade, like, is there a better tag team in WWE than the Usos? Like, I'm sure a lot of people would say the New Day, but... I would say far and away the Usos are this generation's Hardy Boys. And this is not saying that I think the Usos are as good as the Hardy Boys or Edging Christian or anything like that. But in terms of the last 10 years, I think that they are probably the best tag team and they are a true tag team. As much as RK-Bro just gelled like peanut butter and jelly and how good they've been and how over they are and how popular they got... I still they I, they were still not a true tag team. The Usos are a throwback to an actual tag team that never split. They've only ever been tag teams aside when one of them was injured or whatnot. And I really think that this is well deserved for them. I think that it was a long time coming, and obviously they're being backed by Roman Reigns and by the whole bloodline um, storyline. But this is something that I think will forever enshrine the Usos in WWE history. And I think even if they wouldn't have won this match, they were first ballot Hall of Famers as far as tag teams go. But I, I really think that this was a good move for them. As much as I don't like the idea as unified tag team champions, as much as I do prefer two separate champions on each show, if it had to be someone, I'm happy it was the Usos. Yeah, I think that, you know, in a rare feat here, you and I are on different planes when it comes to unifying the tag belts. But you know what? It's I mean, honestly, that we've talked about this so many times, too. Like, is there really a brand split anyway right now? We, That's a good point. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there is, but there's not. I mean, they, they can say that there is, but in execution and in reality, there's not. So, I mean, unifying those belts, I think, also lifts the burden of creative to come up with tag teams when the tag team division runs thin to try to make it look like there's competition 
competition. I mean, with the women's division, they essentially have a unified tag team uh, championship, and they barely have any teams in that quote-unquote division. I mean, we'll get to that in a minute too. But yeah, but the Usos. I mean, I have I really don't have any complaints. And now you have every member of the bloodline holding two championships. Everybody has has two belts above their heads, and I really don't know if they can go any higher in terms of championship gold. I don't know if Roman has his sights set on the Intercontinental and U.S. title, or literally they have all the gold. I don't think they'll do that because, to me, that would be overkill. I'll just I'll go with the statement that they have all the gold. They have all the gold as as far as you can go realistically. I really don't think they're going to capture any more championships. And for me, they've reached the top of the mountain. The only way down is uh, the only way is down at this point. Um, I mean, and so yeah, I think that the match was really good. I think there's going to be a rematch at Hell in a Cell, perhaps inside the cell. I still think that match could happen. But ultimately, I think RK Bro, they're not going to win win the championships back, and it could be. The finally, the beginning of the end of RK Bro. Do you think that's the case? Do you think that finally we start to see some cracks in the foundation of this team, where Riddle hopefully is the one to turn on Randy and not the other way around, as we've seen four hundred times? With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, any Anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Well, I, I think eventually they'll go that road. I don't know how soon it will be. To me, that kind of screams as like a WrestleMania season type of angle. Just because... Um, you look at them and they're a main event caliber match. That's a main event caliber storyline. I'm not sure if the blow off could be like, let's say uh, an arm. Well, this isn't a pay-per-view anymore, but like an Armageddon type pay-per-view or no mercy, like a B level pay-per-view. And I don't know if you've seen it, but it seems to be that making its way around the rumor mill is that each of those guys will get their respective shots at Roman Reigns' undisputed championship over the next couple of months. Mm-hmm. Apparently, Riddle is booked or planned to be booked against Roman at Money in the Bank and Randy at SummerSlam. So while they go up against the bloodline, I still do think that they will be presented in a united front. I do think eventually they will have a match. I hope that it is Riddle turning heel. Just because I think at this point, especially after Randy's run, in 2020, when he went full-blown heel, arguably the best run of his career. I just think after that, 
like you can't even have Randy Orton as a heel anymore. Like he's just so over, especially his finishing move. When he hits the finishing move, everybody pops. He could hit it on someone's grandmother and they would still go crazy. Mm-hmm. And I just think at this point in his career, Orton is just a babyface by de facto because everyone loves the guy. So it would have to be little. And like you said, how many times have we seen Randy Orton turn heel? Not to say that he's bad at it, arguably the best heel of the last decade. But I just think that they would be much better off to give Riddle that new wrinkle to his character. And just one final thought on the tag team titles. We are on different pages, and you are right. The, the the brand split doesn't even exist anymore. So at this point in the current context of WWE, I do agree that unified titles are better. But I just remember that, let's say, like at the beginning of the brand split in 2016, where like on Monday Night Raw, you had the New Day, you had Enzo and Cass, you had the Bar, you had a returning Hardy Boys, and then on SmackDown, you had the Usos. You had, um, oh, what's the guys I was looking for? Uh, American Alpha. You had guys like the Vaude Villains. Like, I do think that when you're able to separate the tag divisions and have strong divisions on both sides, like a solid three or four, or even five teams at all times, it is better where you have the two separate worlds. But I do agree that when there is no brand split, which we're kind of seeing right now, it is better to just have one tag team title. And I think... Yeah, the, the the other argument for it is that – and I don't have, in theory, any problem with two championships if they treat those two championships like they're deserving to exist. Because if they just – and they have over the last – I mean, honestly, since I've been watching WWE, been so hot and cold with the tag division, for them to manage two divisions that they really don't focus on to begin with – I think really defeats the purpose of having two championships for for a division that they don't care about in terms in really in perspective of the singles division for the men. So I, I'm all for two championships if it makes sense. But in this case, yeah, if you're not going to have a deep tag team division on both brands and it's not going to be a focal point of the show on a on a semi regular basis, then the hell with it. Just have one championship. It's easier on creative. They don't have to worry about building tag teams as much. And it's just never been in the WWE's DNA to really focus on the tag team division. They essentially just stumbled into this RK Bro matchup. This was not by design. No one and if anyone in WWE tells me this was by design, they they foresaw this this chemistry with Riddle and Orton, they're lying to your face. This is nothing more than happenstance lightning in a bottle for RK Bro, and I'm I'm glad that that it happened. I think this is the hottest tag team WWE has had in the last like 15 years, and that's great. But uh, certainly, if they're not going to take tag team divisions seriously on either brand, then just have one championship instead of two. Yeah, and look, I I think that over the last couple months or so, or I would say going back to last September when Biggie won the WWE Championship, you kind of saw the WWE championships start to get devalued. And I think that's why they wanted to make it the undisputed title because Roman was doing such a masterful job with the universal title. And I really think Big E did a bad, like a really bad (laughs) service to the WWE championship. Like I truly believe that he's the main reason as to why they decide to unify the titles just because they didn't want the year, their most prestigious championship feeling like it was playing second fiddle to a title that was created out of thin air, what, five and a half years ago. So I think that you could apply that same logic to the tag team titles. 
obviously RK Bro made those tag titles on Raw feel legitimate, but at the same time, you still felt like, okay, the, the Bloodline, the Usos, those are like the real tag team champions. And the Intercontinental in the US, they don't really apply here. I do think that they have a golden opportunity right now to elevate those championships, especially that Roman is the world champion for both shows and the fact that he is kind of a part-timer as far as his in-ring work goes. Like, you have a real opportunity here to elevate the U.S. title and the Intercontinental Championship and make them feel important, and they're not doing that, but that's a whole different other discussion. But you are absolutely right that when you kind of let two worlds coexist, like, not in terms of independently, but when you have them intertwining one of the titles is going to start to become more irrelevant. And we even saw that with the World Heavyweight title in, let's say, 2012, 2013. Like, the World Heavyweight Championship in, let's say, 2004 was arguably more prestigious than the WWE Championship. Then the brand split got abolished, and then it was opening up WrestleMania in 2012 in a, what, 28-second match between Sheamus and Daniel Bryan? that's right, yeah. So, I mean, you're always going to run the risk when you start to loosen up the screws on the brand split that one of the titles is going to feel less important. And because the WWE and either the World Heavyweight or Universal run parallel and because the tag team titles run parallel, those are the ones that are going to be effective. I think you brought it up on one of your shows recently that you don't really look at the Intercontinental and the U.S. title as like the same thing because they do have two separate lineages. The U.S. title was kind of the Intercontinental title of WCW way back when. And yes, they are kind of in the same tier, but they're two completely different championships. It's not like they're tag team titles. They're not world titles. They're just two separate championships. So I do fully agree that when you kind of start to loosen up the rules of the brand split, that one of the tag teams and one of the world titles will start to feel devalued. And that is when unifying the championships does come into play. All right. Well, switching gear. No, well said. And I just want to make sure we have enough time to cover this because, I mean, this was probably the biggest news story coming out of last week and it wasn't even on air, although WWE was forced to mention it this past week. And they have honestly been forthright with this. And I um, I talked with the co-host Mark, Memphis Mark, last night on our, our Week in Review show, and I asked him, do you think this is a work? Do you think that this is something that WWE is has concocted as trying to make a quote-unquote more real storyline? And uh, he doesn't believe it is. Uh, however, he wouldn't put it past them because they, he thinks it could be a money storyline. I tended to believe no. I think this would be really bad press. Even if even if they trick this all, oh, it's it's a work, haha. I think that'd be bad. That, that just to get us swerved or to try to swerve the fans that oh my god, we all bought into it. They can still trick us. Is a really bad goal to have considering all the downsides of the really um, the other news outlets sending this out into the out into the world that WWE is not mistreating their women and they walk down in WWE and they have unsafe performers like it would be really bad press to do this so i don't believe it's a work at all if they trick me i'm going to say that that's just that's that's really bad booking that's bad creative that that's just to trick us would be a really bad motive but um so i don't think it's fake but um i i will say that it is something that I think is going to end up with those two being released or they ask for the release. Now, I haven't heard anything in terms of solid 
news coming out since uh, the, it happened. I mean, we've heard rumors, we've heard potential things that could happen, but right now they're suspended indefinitely. So before I continue, what did you think about this whole thing, and what do you think ultimately is going to happen with these two? You're listening to the WWE Podcast. We'll be right back after this short break. You got to check out the Mentality Show. If you could be a fly on the wall and could hear how men think and really want to hear what goes on in the minds of everyday men, then you should check out the Mentality Show every Wednesday at 6 p.m. on YouTube and Facebook Live. Real men, real talk. The Mentality Show. You can find them anywhere you stream podcasts and YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Just look up The Mentality Show. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome back to the WWE Podcast. Let's get back to more great wrestling audio. Well, it's crazy, right, because we first talked about it on our show last week, and then we weren't sure if it was a work or, like, if it was a legitimate report, and, you know, obviously it has come to light that it is. I I don't think it's a work just because um, I believe one of them made a public statement, maybe it was Sasha Banks, there was a joint public statement, and you, they kind of pulled the curtain back. Like even Michael Cole on SmackDown said that they left the tag titles on John Laurinaitis' desk and walked out. And I think the biggest thing that's indicative to me that it wasn't a work is that they literally had to call an audible in the middle of Raw to change the main event of that night. And if it was a work, do I think that it would be a good one? I don't because you're still kind of exposing the business here. Like, I think that they wanted to be transparent, WWE that is, and I do think they're trying to save face and trying to shift all the blame on Naomi and Sasha. But in as a result of that, they've kind of been transparent, but at this point they're so obvious about it, about breaking, you know, kayfabe, that like, yeah, it is a show. Oh, yeah, we're here to entertain you. And Michael Cole said as much. Like, they didn't fulfill their right to entertain you in, like, the way that was promised or what have you. So, like, just to have, like, a swerve, do you think that they would intentionally kind of break that fourth wall and acknowledge that, yeah, yeah, it's all just a show. We're basically just a circus, you know, dancing clowns. Like, I don't know. Like, I guess, like you said, that it wouldn't be – the most shocking thing WWE has done if it was in fact true, but it just, it seems too serious for it to be that. And I just don't see the payoff for what it would be. And because the thing is, is that one of the reasons why Sasha was discontent was because of the way they were booking her. And I just don't think that WWE had big plans for these two either way. They seemed like kind of temporary stop gaps for Rhonda and for Bianca before presumably Bianca gets back to Oscar or or um, Becky or presumably before Ronda gets to Bailey. 
So, I mean, I, I don't see it, but it is a very massive event for to result in WWE basically acknowledging that they are just an entertainment show live on air. Did you find that weird how, like, Michael Cole kind of basically, like, broke character and was just like, yeah, we're a show and we're basically actors and they didn't want to fulfill their acting roles? Did you I get mean, that same vibe? should I be surprised or should I be shocked? Yeah, I feel like I, I should be, but I don't feel that way because they do things on a regular basis that expose what the business is unintentionally. I mean, the, the way that things are produced and t- people watching TV with their backs and like just stupid things that pile up throughout the show that I'm just, you know, I'm constantly reminded of what I'm watching as a work. So for Michael Cole to come out and say it, it's like, it's still, it's a little jarring, but at the same time, you're like, yeah, well, um, I understand why he's doing it because they're, tr- I, I think that was the separation line that was them saying yeah the, the guys this is not part of the storyline this is this is for real they disappointed millions of fans you know they put the uh, championships on the desk of the head of talent relations john laurinaitis and walked out um you had you had news outlets that don't normally report wrestling like the new york post that never ever reports on wrestling unless there's a something serious like a death or you know something something major that happens that is not storyline related and if those news outlets pick up this story and it ends up being a work i think that would really anger a lot of media outlets that you know hey we're we're we're, we're unintentionally being a part of the storyline here i mean it, it just wouldn't be a good look all the way around i mean uh, so I, I, I'm 100% on board as well for this is not a work. I think it is something serious. I think it's going to re, uh, result in them being them asking for their release and WWE granting it, but probably having a no compete clause, which means they're not going to be able to show up in AEW the next night. But I think, you know, th- again, I'm getting two steps ahead, but I think it ultimately will result in them being suspended and released um, because they're already suspended. So. You think that this will ultimately end up with them gone from WWE, or do you think that uh, they'll make amends and there'll be some kind of reconciliation? Like, obviously, I want to say that I think that they will be released because that's like the easy answer. But I look at the two people that it occurred with. One, you have Sasha Banks, who it feels like every year, like this is a yearly event where she walks Mm -hmm. out or she's not content or something happens. But I think WWE acknowledges that she is a very, like, valuable commodity and that she is. And look, I'm not a huge fan of Sasha Banks, mostly because, kind of like you, I just feel like the actual person is way too cocky and full of herself. But she's a very talented wrestler. She's a very talented character. She's been around for, what, six, seven years at this point? She's paid her due. She's main-evented WrestleMania. She's one of the better in-ring workers they have. So I do think that it does kind of fall in that category where they will make an exception because of Sasha Banks, because we've seen it before. Like, I just feel like with Sasha Banks, it's just one of these like toxic relationships where like you hate each other, but you know that like for whatever reason, it's good for whatever, what have you. In regards to Naomi, not so much that I think she's a hot commodity, but she still is married to Jimmy Uso. Mm-hmm. And I still think that that has a big part to play in it. Obviously, it's not always that way. Like, look, Dean Ambrose left and he was married to Renee um, Young, who at the time was a commentator on Monday Night Raw and was probably like their biggest reporter at that time or announcer, however you want to phrase it. You know, Renee Young was a big part of WWE during that time when w- when Dean Ambrose left. So, I mean, is it a sure thing that she'll stick around just because she's married to Jimmy Uso, who's also a family member of the biggest star that they have? No, of course not. But I do think that 
it is kind of a unique situation where you're dealing with two people who walked out, but also dealing with two people who one is incredibly valuable and has a history of doing this and still sticking around. And the other one who is quite, quite literally married into the company in a lot of ways. But one thing I'll ask you is like, who do you side with more in this particular instance? <laughs> this is I'm glad you brought that up because I, I did uh, talk about this a little bit over the last you know week since it happened. And I still stand firm on it that I, it's easy to side with Sasha and Naomi, right? Like we see them, they're baby faces, they're beloved, they're respected by fans. So on the outside, we're thinking to ourselves, well, of course I'm standing with them. The evil corporation of WWE standing up to the man. But that's an easy analysis. Kind of, I don't, don't want to say it's a lazy analysis, but it doesn't take a whole lot of brain power to go, you know, uh, oh, well, that's easy. I, I, I'm standing with the workers, you know, I, I'm standing up against the evil corporation. But, you know, honestly, there's always two sides to a story. There's very rarely a clear-cut good guy and bad guy all the time. In any breakup, that personal relationship, professional relationship, there's usually blame to go on both sides here. And, you know, I understand their frustration, at least from the perspective of the way WWE has presented the women's tag team division. It has been an absolute joke as a whole. There's been some bright spots, but it has been a total joke. If you were, if I was going to give it a report card, I'd give it like a D um, in terms of how they've managed the women's tag team division. That may be being generous. And, you know, which, quickly, yeah. would you say that Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler were the best champions today? One of. Yeah. I mean, they they helped as much as we wanted Shayna out of that tag team for months. We were complaining she belongs as a single star. She belongs as a single star. I think her and, and uh, Nia Jax, when she wasn't bu- you know, busy injuring people, were a good <laughs> tag team. I mean, that was kind of like her side gig, right? Like she had a, a side business of injuring people. But uh, I mean, that's a little unfair. I know people are going to rant. I mean, oh, it's it's uh, it's an easy attack. But she was responsible for some of those injuries. But, uh, you know, yeah, I do think they added value. Uh, that was the one good thing is they added credibility. And then, again, it was so hot and cold after they dropped the belts. It go, they go missing. Like, the, I, I forget who they dropped them to, but then that team just wins them and then they go missing. Um, I mean, so it's not a championship that you really want because after you get it, WWE doesn't know what to do with you because they don't have a division. Uh, and so I understand the frustration, but you have to look at this as like, okay, but like, w- what else is going on? Like we as fans, we see like two percent of what's going on because we only see what's in front of the camera. We have no idea behind the scenes what's going on at production meetings, what's going on in text messages between creative and uh, Sasha and Naomi, like things that we don't know about. You talked about Sasha, who has been in and out of the company in the last like four years of randomly gone. Uh, like she, how many times she she'd win a championship she can't defend it she drops it every time she defends it and then she, like you said she she just mis, mysteriously disappears we don't know if it was COVID we don't know if she's getting married we don't know if she was abducted we don't know like we have no idea like she just was in and out her injuries seem to go on forever and ever and ever she comes back she's gone after two weeks there's been more with Sasha than we know about so it's hard for me to sit here or it's easy for us to sit here and go oh definitely siding with Sasha and Naomi. Not so fast. Like, yeah, I guess if this is the only information we had, it, yeah, okay, fine, I'd side with them. But we don't know everything else that's going on, the 95% that's going on behind the scenes. So, I mean, I'm going to stay neutral. Of course, I'll be very interested to hear if they're released uh, and they're able to go onto a podcast and just, you know, vent like Moxley did or, you know, the others that have been released, uh, you know, that, that have had some historically hilarious podcasts. CM Punk is obviously number one when that whole thing happened in 2014. But I that's I want more information before I make my decision. Long answer. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of with you. I know everyone kind of likes to just blame, like you said, the evil corporation. But at the end of the day, like, you still are employees and you kind of have to do what they give you, right? Not to say that you have to just, you know, bend over and take everything, (laughs) you you know, like everything within reason. But, like, generally, you're paid by your employer to do what they want you to do. Like, I'm sure you at work don't always agree agree with what your boss wants you to do, but you're paid to basically do what they tell you, right, within the general confines of a job description. And I, and I don't think that they were being booked poorly. Like, they were being booked to challenge for the respective women's championships. So, I mean, I understand that they wanted to feel more respected as tag team champions, but at the same time, I'm just like, well, you guys were tag team champions and they were also ba- like booking you guys to, you know, go one on one with the main eventers on the each show and challenge for the each show's respective women's championship. So, like, I don't I understand exactly why. But at the same time, I heard that from Sasha's point of view, she was mad because she was reportedly replaced by Ronda Rousey in the main event of WrestleMania for the SmackDown Women's Championship, which I do agree, like. To be honest, I would much rather see Sasha Banks as SmackDown Women's Champion than Ronda Rousey. But at the same time, it's like, Sasha, you've kind of had your time in the sun numerous times. Like, you main evented WrestleMania last year. Now you're the tag team champions. You were going to be featured in a women's championship match this year. Like, you were supposed to be the main event of uh, SummerSlam in terms of the women's championship. But you mysteriously didn't show up for that show either. Do you remember that? Like, I mean, from Naomi's standpoint, I could kind of get it a bit more because she's saying, like, I have been women's champion before, but it hasn't happened for a long time. So if you're going to book me as a tag team champion, at least book me strongly in that, right? But as far as Sasha goes, like, you've had a lot of time as the main event. You've had a lot of time, you know, main eventing shows, being the champion. And it just kind of seemed like a baby type of reaction to me. Like, again, I'm not going to sit here and defend all of WWE's creative. I do think that it is kind of bizarre that you would have the respective women's, like each half of the cha- of the women's champions, you know, going after different titles. And I do agree that I would rather have seen Sasha versus Charlotte as opposed to Ronda versus Charlotte. But at the same time, like is walking out any better? Did you prove a point or did you just prove that you guys are kind of brats? And I don't know, in this particular case, I actually kind of side with WWE just because like, in any workplace, like, you can get mad and stomp your feet all you like, but at the end of the day, you're the employer. And they, they weren't even treated badly. Like, there are so many other women, in my opinion, that have been more mistreated than those two. Like, we talked about Shayna Baszler. Has anyone been neglected worse than Shayna Baszler over the last 24 months or so? Or so? Like, yes, Naomi and Sasha's booking could have been better. I'm not saying that it couldn't have. But at the same time, they still have been two very prominent women on WWE programming. So there's a part of me that just kind of like rolled my eyes when I saw that. It was like, you guys don't have it bad exactly. That, yeah, I know. The, the, the case for being mad at WWE, which or mad at uh, Sasha Naomi, if you're going to take the case, take the side of the company and put the blame on the employees. Again, I think there's blame on both sides. No matter which side you take, you can't tell me that the other side is completely void of, of some kind of 
uh, wrongdoing. I mean, I think there is blame. It's just a matter of, okay, who's going to point the bigger finger? Who's really more to blame? It's kind of a childish argument when you look at it. Oh, no, he did it. No, I did it. It's like, okay, we're both responsible here. But if you're going to take the side of the company for a minute, which is kind of fun, uh, I mean, they are contractually obligated to to certain a certain number of matches or a certain number of TV appearances, certain number of live events, house shows, you know, pay-per-view. And, and you're right. Like, you are you are being paid a very healthy amount of money to go into an arena and roll around and, you know, get your ass kicked for X number of minutes every single night or at least five, six times a week, whatever it is. And that's what you're supposed to do. And you could look at it and, um, what Stone Cold Steve Austin did in 2002, the infamous walkout, the infamous take your ball and go home, uh, that whole incident in which Stone Cold has come back to regret, I think actually Sasha and Naomi, are, they did the exact same thing here in some respects where they just they took their ball and went home. That's, that's what they did. Um, Austin, of course, no-showed. This is a little bit different where they actually showed up apparently and just dropped the belts on John Laurinaitis' desk and said, F you, we're out of here. Um, but it's not like they were being disrespected in a way that you, as fans, we were like, man, what are they doing? This is super disrespectful. They had a, a pair of championships that WWE was at least occasionally trying to bring to the forefront, and they were being featured regularly on TV. They weren't jobbing out every week. And okay, fine, you didn't get a main event of WrestleMania, but who does? Like that is a that is one spot or two spots for if, if it's a one on one match that you get at WrestleMania. It's very rarefied air, and I understand the frustration of a part-time former MMA star coming in. I'm not a fan of Ronda. I understand the frustration, but I also understand the company's perspective to put the biggest star in there that would bring the most eyeballs to the product, even though I understand you've been here all year. I get it. So I would be pissed off, too. I get that. But again, you're here to do a job that the company said that you are contractually, contractually obligated to do, and I, you know, that is the argument for the company against the employee. And it's not that they weren't being abused on a weekly basis. You know, there wasn't anything egregious going on. They just didn't like the creative. And it wasn't just this one incident. As I said, this has got to be, and I think it has been, a buildup over many, many, many months for Sasha and Naomi. And if if you go back and look at the Stone Cold podcast with Sasha Banks, Mercedes, and you, you listen to her, which is really – she's almost intolerable, by the way. Like, when you listen to her, she's, like, trying to play a character, but you realize she's not, and this is really who she is, and she's completely obnoxious, which is great if she's a heel. I'm just, she's a great performer, all-time great, Hall of Famer, but to me, she came across extremely arrogant in that interview. And in that interview, the point of that was – is that in that interview, she talks about the fact that she's she's kind of done it all and she it feels like there are times when she's not here to play nice with people and that she feels like if she was able to leave the company, and I'm paraphrasing, so take this for what it's worth, that she feels she could be on the same level as Vince McMahon if she wanted to leave in terms of star power and name notoriety. I'm like, no, sweetheart, you're not even close. Like, I'm sorry, you, you can't compare yourself to Vince McMahon. She did say something along those lines. Go look it up yourself in that episode of, with Stone Cold. But anyway, back to the circling around here. I think that these two right now are probably – they're probably going to end up being, as I said, gone from the company and, um, you know – eventually doing a podcast that will be downloaded millions and millions of times quickly before we wrap things up here um did you have any thoughts on stephanie mcmahon stepping away from the company i heard that i didn't know is, is, that, is that credible 
Yeah, yeah. Apparently, it's legit that she's uh, walking away from the company, taking a leave of absence. Wow. Um, is there now? I heard that, and again, this is in passing. I just re, I read the headlines, and I, I wasn't, you know, I'm like some people. I shouldn't say some people. I'm not like most people that actually dig into the the story. I'm one of those bozos that just reads the headlines and thinks I understand the whole story. So I, I saw that she is possibly looking into going into her own venture. Is that I don't know if you've heard that too. Maybe that wasn't something. The reason why she stepped away or is stepping away is that she wants to kind of move away from WWE altogether. Like this isn't something temporary. That anyway, that that's what I saw. Do do you know? You might know. You probably do know more than I do at this point with the whole uh, Steph story. Well, I I actually didn't know all that much in terms of of what she wanted to do. All I know is that it was temporary, apparently, that's how it's being billed, and that Triple H is now back at work full-time. But I think it was kind of burnout-related. I'm not sure if she wants to explore anything else. Like, I don't know if, like, well, look, when you have as much experience as she does working for a company as reputable as WWE, I'm sure she could get any type of job that she wanted. But, I mean, like, it just seems that the ship kind of sailed to make, like, maybe a career change at this point. Like, okay, I'm sure that when you're that high level of an executive, like, the doors never close on making a career change. But, like, remember when Shane did it? Mm. Like, that was, what, 2009 that he switched gears to, you know, seek out other ventures. It just seems kind of bizarre to me. Like, I don't know why I'm getting this feeling, but it just feels like whenever Vince McMahon kicks the bucket not to sound too disrespectful but whenever he isn't around anymore it feels like the mcmahon name is not going to be carried on in wwe it just feels like there's no clear succession plan within the family like it feels like it's going to be bought by disney or universal or peacock or well peacock's nbc right so it's going to be bought by some of one of these big conglomerates and, like, Nick Khan is just going to be, like, the figurehead, and then they're just going to move on with themselves. And it's just kind of sad, right? Like, to be honest, like, I don't really give a damn what Stephanie wants to do in her personal life. But it's just kind of making me a bit sad. And this is more the nostalgic kicking in because I don't know them at all as people. But it's just – it makes me feel a bit sad that, like, I don't foresee, like, Stephanie or Triple H or Shane McMahon – becoming the next Vince it feels like once Vince passes away like that's going to be the end of the McMahon legacy as we know it it's something that you wouldn't imagine even five five years ago uh, I mean the way that Triple H was uh you know demoted he was COO and then got a couple of demotions and it, it, I mean I don't know the intricate reasoning behind that you know the full story but uh it's yes Triple H I don't know if he even has any interest at this point uh, Vince McMahon took his NXT baby and made it NXT 2.0, and it doesn't seem like Triple H has a whole lot of uh, stroke in NXT right now. And so, and plus, I mean, he has his heart condition and won't be competing in the ring again, which actually is kind of sad. Um, but as far as uh, Steph stepping away, I mean, um, yeah, she's always been and has for a long time now. Oh, try to separate herself from WWE. Like if you looked at her Instagram, you'd never really know that she is the uh, she's a, the chief brand operating officer, the chief brand officer of WWE, because she tries to separate. She separates herself the best and and most 
I guess, dramatic way that she can from pro wrestling because she looks at this as just, well, it's a, it's a brand. We're not going to really say what we do. I mean, you see pictures of her with like the, the Susan G. Komen Foundation and you see her with like all these other organizations that they partner with. And I understand the reason and the business behind that. But she, for a long time now, this, this it shocks me with Steph, but it doesn't because she has been for a while seemingly trying to separate herself from world wrestling entertainment and and wanting wanting to just I, I think be on her own and and it seems like she doesn't want to be affiliated with a wrestling company and I think she's been very clear about that over the last you know several years but uh, yeah so it, it would be shocking if Vince passes and then the name the last name that owns the company isn't McMahon I mean uh, it would be it would be a very crazy crazy day and it's possible. It's very possible. Steph steps away. Shane doesn't seem like that he wants any interest in it as he kind of comes and goes and you hear about rumors of problems backstage and he doesn't seem to have a whole lot of uh, creative control anyway. At least after the Royal Rumble incident that happened this past year with him being involved in that, people were not happy about that. And uh, so, yeah, and Triple H being demoted and you know, I, I agree. After Vince goes, the last name may not say McMahon as the CEO. Yeah, it's um, it's kind of weird to think about. Like even Shane, like I I always thought that Shane somehow would get back into that role, it, even if it was like in a TV capacity, because I know that he hasn't really been involved on the corporate side of things for what feels like a decade plus now. But at least from a TV capacity, like it just it doesn't feel right unless a McMahon is kind of like the evil emperor. You know what I mean? I know I, I, they need that supervillain. And I don't know who that's going to be. If it's not Vince, I mean, I really don't know. Um, but uh, damn. Well, I'm sure that uh, as we move on, you know, we'll hear more about the Stephanie McMahon situation. And, you know, obviously, if uh, Sasha and Naomi end up in, in terminating their contracts with WWE and uh a lot more to come, but I appreciate you coming on tonight. We've, uh, I think, had a good conversation and covered some things that are, you know, in front of the camera, behind the camera, as we said. And uh, before you go, of course, let everyone know if they haven't heard you before, you, they can catch your own show that you drop every Friday here on the WWE podcast. Yeah, every Friday I drop a WWE Retro, the rebranded show that's kind of been in effect for about a month now. I think it's going well. Uh, I covered a rather controversial topic this past week, but I think that most people liked it. And uh, as always, you can get me on Twitter at Adamarco25. Awesome. Well, uh, you get some sleep, buddy, and uh, we'll be talking next week. Yeah, man. Looking forward All to right. it. Good night. Thanks for listening to the WWE Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a show. Or head to WWEPodcast.com. And for all of these shows ad-free, head over to patreon.com slash WWE podcast. Until then, we'll see you next time.